killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside Welcome back to another episode of the Text Chris Dave Saw Massacre. How's it going, Dave? Pretty good. How are you doing this week, Chris? I'm doing good, man. Let's talk about horror movies. I think we should do that. And you know what horror movie I think we should talk about? What should we talk about? The Church. If you were scared, motherfucker, go to church. Go to church. From 1989. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Demons 3. The real Demons 3, in my humble opinion. Yeah? I've, I've, yeah. Had, I've struggled with this. I guess it should be. That's the thing. It should be. Yeah, it was supposed to be, but then it got specifically changed, so it's not. Well, so story-wise, there is a movie called Demons Three, which yeah. its other title is Black Demons. Yes, as which, you pointed out, yeah. which is an Umberto Lenzi film, and that movie had absolutely nothing to do with the first two demons. Correct. And they just slapped the title on purely for marketing reasons, because they're like, oh, people who like the first two demons, then maybe they'll just buy a ticket blindly and see this movie. Yeah. That's why that one is called Demons Three, but this one is a movie that is made with dario argento producing and writing it mm. co-writing it co-writing it yeah with michele suave directing it mm-hmm. who is the director of um oh sorry the assistant director on the first demons and he's in the first demons as the guy with the mask who's handing out the tickets at the beginning oh, okay that's it. cool yeah so that kind of collaboration the fact that it's the two of them making this story and the fact that the story is um, I'm going to read the line here. An old Gothic cathedral built over a mass grave develops strange powers, which trap a number of people inside with ghosts from the 12th century <laughs> <laughs> seeking to resurrect an ancient demon from the bowels of the earth. So, I mean, the sound, the, the premise is the classic demons premise, right? A bunch people of people trapped in a building basically and demons happen. Exactly. And uh, the little change that we got is it's ghosts and we know their ultimate goal. Yeah. To, sorry. <laughs> Ghosts from the 12th century seeking to resurrect an ancient demon. So that's that's kind of a, a couple steps there. So there yeah. are ghosts that exist, and the ghosts are the ones trying to resurrect the demons? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to like follow the lineage there. Ghosts have a master plan, which isn't to haunt people. No. They're working as a team. Yeah. Like when you die, it's like, hey, we're, gonna, we're trying to summon this demon. You want to join us or do the whole heaven thing? Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, oh, giant demon, I guess. Yeah, these ghosts, ghosts. Yeah, they are resurrecting a demon. They're trying to resurrect a giant demon. Yeah. I say giant. I just assume giant. I hope giant. I mean, judging from the image of this cover, it looks like a pretty big church. So maybe we'll get some sizable demons. Yeah. When uh, what I read about this one, um, it didn't turn me off per se. Mm -hmm. But uh, that um, uh, Michelle Suave, is that how you say it? Um, I'd go with Michele Suave. Michele Suave. Just being Um, the Italian that he is. I wanted to like make this film more sophisticated than uh, what like Argento and the other writers put down, Mm -hmm. which is the exact opposite of what I want from the Demons chronology. Oh, right. The reason why, because the director himself didn't want that Demons 3 title. He wanted to distance himself from the first two. Yeah, and the changes that he made in the script were... Intentionally for that reason. Intentionally to make it seem more sophisticated, break off from Argento and their partnership. And one of Argento's kids is in this too. Like it just has oh, yeah? all the ingredients of a Demons movie. And that's why I think this is de- like in some places it was released as Demons 3. And I think that is mm-hmm. the proper, this is the proper Demons 3. Okay. Um, if you go back to our older episodes on Demons 1 and 2, we go a little bit into that history of like yeah. we did with the Dawn of the Deads, just how it kind of breaks off in different areas geographically, like what got mm-hmm. labeled Demons 3, what got yeah. labeled Demons 4. There's a 5 and a 6 one too. Like Yeah, but I would 
from my understanding is that demons one and two are you know connected and they're very similar yes in terms of their progression and their story and their mythos mm-hmm. and then this one would be like comparable to like a season of the witch you know like just completely deviating from the i don't know the story that they had set up and mm-hmm. they in the first two they used recurring actors and it had a, the same formula every time i think this one will will be a sore thumb compared to those two right you yeah you definitely have the repeating actors in the first two but i still think that the premise is very similar like yeah. just people trapped in a building with demons you yeah know what it, I mean? it kind of like a spiritual sequel but it's yeah. not like whereas halloween 3 is like a totally deviant plot from the first two halloweens all right well we'll see that's that is the impression i got from reading about it yeah is that even the things that were connected mm-hmm. the mythology and everything like that were intentionally changed by the director Right. And um, so much to say is that um, this is all just found on Wikipedia, but I think um, the total right amount of writers on the project from start to finish ended up being eight. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Um, if one thing gives me hope, it is that Michele Suave um, has directed other films that I love, like mm-hmm. his earlier Stage Fright, which came out a couple years before this, is kind of a great giallo slasher. That's cool. a lot of fun that takes place entirely on kind of a theater set inside a theater with kind of a cast of this one show and this kind of killer mm-hmm. dude with a big bird mask is going around slaughtering them. Oh, I love me a big bird mask. Yeah. So that that's great. And then even was more that, so was Argento on that one. He might've been a producer or yeah. something, but yeah, they had a partnership the last while until this. Movie. Yeah. Like all of these, all like all these projects, even the earlier demon ones, they definitely worked together and he brought yeah. them in and the co-wrote, Crow wrote this one, yeah, um, along with six other people. Apparently, yeah, I think even like Lamberto Bava was hmm. one of the also writers? credited. Yeah, crazy, um, yeah, and then even more than uh, Stage Fright, Cemetery Man, which comes out, um, you know, about seven years or sorry, five years after this one, and that's just like an incredible film. It's yeah. just like so strange. Um, it feels like a David Lynchy, George Romero mm. type one where Rupert Everett is caretaking for a cemetery and is able to communicate with the dead and it's just really really goofy and strange and mm. its own thing <laughs> so i am i am um hopeful for this one just based on those other two movies that he's done okay cool yeah i'm hopeful just because yeah ton of names that i recognize yeah and i'm hoping for just the classic um you know just slaughterhouse i just want a bunch of people getting <laughs> killed and running away from demons inside this church um, which hopefully is a pretty exciting building and not a plain boring church yeah, I think I think the location is going to look pretty good. Yeah, hell we'll yeah, see. man. But before we get to that, maybe we should do a little bit of... Scare and tell. Scare and tell. What'd you watch for Scare and Tell this week, David? Well, this week, I watched, it was a double feature for me. Mm-hmm. I got two for you. Okay. I watched Nosferatu. 1922? Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, Shadow of the Vampire from 2000. Nice. This is a double feature that you've... Um, done before and have praised heavily in the past yeah, i've blabbered about it a few times but now i'm fresh off of having watched both of them mm-hmm. well, it's, it's my favorite double feature it's so 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 good um so nosferatu yeah it's a 1922 silent film that was um, an unauthorized take on bram stoker's dracula mm-hmm. um and yeah it um by fw murnau mm-hmm. wrote it and or directed it and um Max Schreck stars as the the classic vampire. Titular. Yeah. yeah. I read the word titular so many times today. <laughs> um, yeah, he stars as the titular vampire. Um, and they don't use the word vampire. They use the word Nosferatu. And they don't use um, Count Dracula. They use Count Orbeck. 
And Orlock, is, sorry. And do they use Van Helsing? Is he even in? No, he's not in. Yeah. He's not in it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's very similar to the, the book. I'm sure a lot of people will know the story from the book or seeing a Dracula movie, mm-hmm. which is probably close. Um, it's just so creepy and well-made so that even the sensibilities that I have, which are super modern, um, and I don't go back and watch too many 20s silent films, um, it's really easy to follow. And um, Murnau did a bunch of cool stuff. Like, there's a lot of, like, nature shots. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a full, like, it's almost 100 minutes, like which is, I guess, an hour 40, which is a long time to, for a silent film to go on. And, like, there's really close-ups of, like, a spider in a web and, like, birds taking off. And the um, the transition between scenes makes it really palatable and easy to understand where people are and why, mm-hmm. which I kind of forgot. I'm like, I just know what happens in the story. Because characters say things. <laughs> yeah, and it's just cool to look back academically in history and see what that was like. Mm-hmm. But it is genuinely creepy, and uh, um, Roger Ebert has a great review of it. He's like, to my sensibilities, it doesn't scare us, but it does haunt us, mm. which is a great line because, yeah, it's th- it's not scary. There's no jump scares. They don't do anything like that. It's all just about the creepiness and the weirdness of the vampire. And the makeup and his physical acting in that really do yeah. make it so creepy, really do send it home. Yeah, the, the way he moves, and like he's 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 so aggressive he's constantly going after people Mm. you know so that really you know how believable he is in that really really makes for the 2000s movie um with john malkovich and willem dafoe Mm -hmm. playing the vampire makes it so functional as like sort of the faux making of a horror movie sorry this shadow now that you're talking about yeah i'm talking about shadow the vampire right um so it murnau basically uh john malkovich playing murnau basically um, convinces everyone that um, the Count in this story would be played by um, Max Schreck, who would always show up at uh, at midnight or would only film at night mm-hmm. in full makeup and would never break character. Yeah. So, like, the whole movie, like, you're getting just basically, like, a third-person perspective on the making of Nosferatu. So you're watching John Malkovich set up the shots and how a director would direct those things in a silent movie. Cause you can just talk and right. have sound going on. And it was cool to watch him go like, Oh, what's that you find next to your book? And then the actor would go, Ooh, and you know, do mm. some big overacting. Cause that's how they did it in silent films. Um, but then it kept turning into the scenes kept falling apart right after where Nosferatu would actually cut. Yeah. Because the vampire would do something crazy, like he'd go after somebody or something. And is this the one that has the line where he's like, "Why couldn't you have eaten my script supervisor or something like that?" Like he keeps killing the I, wrong people he, he on does, set. I don't know if that line's in it, but yeah, he he's killing people on set, and they have to like bring in a new film guy, right? At some point, who is uh, Carrie Elwes? No uh, way. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, he's great in it. Um, yeah, it's just it's a, it's a really really fantastic take, and um, the, they recreate so many scenes from Nosferatu, and you see it through the perspective of their um, technology. Mm-hmm. So watching Willem Dafoe's recreation of the scenes, if you do the double feature of Nosferatu, they did such an amazing job. Mm. There's an opening scene of like a girl in the window and a cat between her arms, and the cat's playing with a little ball on a string. Yeah, and they recreate that like almost identically. That's so fun to open up like or for the first shot of the filmmaking inside of Shadow of the Vampire. Yeah. And so it's basically it's a an actual vampire story mm-hmm. 
about a vampire what year did that one come out shadow 2000 the year 2000 yeah right and did you say Werner herzog's in that one too Mm, said, no. sorry willem dafoe willem and dafoe. john malkovich yeah yeah um yeah because Werner herzog also did a, a nosferatu in the 70s which i haven't seen like yeah, he did a remake of it yeah i haven't seen that either yeah yeah but um what was interesting with nosferatu is um they were sued by the the family yeah the Stoker i love this story yeah and um all the copies were ordered destroyed but mm-hmm. one or just very very few survived it's like it's total fluke and accident that we still and total luck that we still yeah. have Nosferatu and that it's been now it's widely perforated. You can get it, you know, on YouTube. It's on criteria. It's everywhere. Totally. But and there was just like, yeah, like one surviving copy that they happened to, you know, transfer ASAP. And yeah, because of like legal estate reasons, not because yeah. the movie fucking itself, Dracula. Yeah. The movie itself is stunning. Mm-hmm. One of the best ripoffs ever. I know it's a crazy thing to like have all that money invested and the movie made and then just get it ordered destroyed by yeah. a court. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Not like we can't work out some deal like a royalty or something. Yeah. We give you money. Yeah. No, we just won't. Guess not. Yeah. The whenever I think back to that one, just the scenes of him when he finally arrives in the town, um, just kind of across the river looking through a window yeah, at yeah. her. Like that to me is like one of the creepiest the, he, moments. He, he buys the house directly across from um hutter's estate Mm -hmm. and yeah she looks out the window one night and he's just standing and it's like a dilapidated house too yeah and he's just standing there and he's just like pale white and disgusting looking yeah so great yeah it's really really good really fun movie Um, yeah and great way to watch them together for sure it sounds i still haven't seen um shadow the vampire but yeah sounds great It, it just works so well with that double feature because like john malkovich is the perfect actor to act as a director like, mm-hmm. yeah uh, he's so good iris in <laughs> now what are you seeing in front of you just the is classic it, yeah. john malkovich voice it, it just fits so good was that good john malkovich was it wasn't bad it, it almost leaned a little walkin'y. oh yeah yeah going too far <laughs> you go too far with your malkovich you go walking he <laughs> nice he was <laughs> he was in town um doing an opera a couple years ago yeah that's like his i guess hobby or something he wants to develop is he's singing such an opera. a weirdo i love him absolutely i mean he's done so many great roles why not expand into other art forms yeah 100 percent. so i mean if you academically love going back and you know learning about horror history and or if you've seen nasratu and it's just been a while i would so recommend watching the two together it's it's just been one of the most satisfying like four hours i've spent in a long time Awesome. So uh, what did you watch this week? Um, I'm going to talk about a little movie that came out this year called Headcount. Okay. By, which is a first feature written and directed by Al Callahan, who's had a bunch of various roles on different projects in Hollywood. I have a friend. Various kind of editorial assistant jobs or cinematography departments. But this is her first big thing. Sorry, you have a friend who, I same name? so sorry that I distracted you to say <laughs> that, yes. But Al Callahan? You know Al Callahan? I know Al Callahan, yeah. Did they make this movie? Yes. Oh, no. cool. <laughs> Let's get them I mean, on the pod. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so this is just like kind of a small, uh, very low budget horror that is kind of um, getting a little bit of hype this year because mm-hmm. it has a very uh, fun, interesting concept. Um the story is basically the main character Jay is visiting his brother Peyton during spring break at Joshua Tree National mm. Park. Okay. So they go, they're going to hang out. They spend the first day kind of wandering around and they just kind of stumble upon this group of like six or seven other teenagers and they're all kind of having mm. a good time. And then his brother wants to go home and his brother's like, oh, you can hang out with them if you want or whatever. And so he like kind of ditches his brother and ends up hanging out with these, this group. 
They're all hanging around doing drugs, drinking. Uh, they end up at a campfire telling different stories, uh, ghost stories, of course. Of course. And one of them is like, hey, I think I found this weird uh, chant thing on the internet. Let me recite it. And they, of uh-huh. course, accidentally summon a demon type thing. <laughs> sure. So then the whole movie is they kind of go back to this house that one of them has and they just kind of keep the party going and some strange things start happening like random self-harmy accidents happen to a bunch of characters and they don't have any recollection of why they did a thing or why they all of a sudden are injured okay and then things get a little more bizarre where someone like a few people will be in one room talking and they'll have like a full conversation with someone and they'll be like oh i'm just gonna go grab another drink and they'll walk into the kitchen and then that person is there and like whoa how'd you get here so fast what what's going on um, so they keep thinking that they see each other in other places and they start to get suspicious about there being like an additional person there with them. So the, quickly the conceit becomes like, oh, you realize this demon can take the shape of any of them and can mimic their behavior Uh-oh. and they never know anyone that they're interacting with. Is it actually them or is it one of the demons? What is the uh, demon's purpose? So the, dra- the drama kind of plays out like that and it feels very... Um, like much like the same kind of dread that something like coherence or triangle inspires. Yeah. You can never really trust the people that you're interacting with. Uh, so really great, solid, awesome um, idea. Unfortunately, it falls flat in the third act. The direction it goes is not like the most satisfying. Um, there's some really bad um, effects that um, really kind of deflate the whole thing for me. Uh, um, so I'm like, I was so excited. <laughs> I know. I'm like, <laughs> I want to be so excited about this and I almost want you to check it out just because it is a very interesting and compelling enough concept. And I think that's why it is getting all this attention because it is something that if done right, um, you can do on such a limited budget and with just a very small group of actors and not a lot of sets. Yeah. That reminds me of, um, they look like people, Mm -hmm. which I talked about before, Yeah, like almost in reverse where in like a lot of the movie was like, Oh, this is so low budget, but they stuck the landing. Yeah. The the ending was killer. Oh, so it's almost the opposite. The opposite. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But Oh man. Yeah, I know. That so it sucks. It I does love that really concept. Suck. Yeah, yeah. And even like at the beginning, um, some of the acting isn't amazing either, but it was just, yeah. it's just the concept is enough to make you, even talking about it, I kind of want to rewatch and see <laughs> yeah. how they did certain moments because some, some things are very, very effective about it. And if anything, I'm excited to see what um, Elle Callahan does next because hopefully this is enough of a calling card to get her, you know, interviews with the studios and yeah. maybe get a next substantial project going. Yeah, I, I'm somewhat frequently surprised about what directors do that gets them their next project yeah. you know, or their breakout movie. I'm like, huh, I didn't mind it, but yeah. you know, now they're getting something amazingly huge. Uh, one of the funny stories about Coherence is that like, he had like a great tweet after Coherence kind of blew up mm-hmm. uh, where it was just like... um. All he's like all studio meetings that I've had lately, and and he's like, hey, I've got, I've got, yeah, I've got not another couple great ideas for follow up movies, and it's like, um, studio head, is it coherence, but with movie stars? And he's like, well, not quite. And then you hear <laughs> beep, security. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, and such a great like. Of course, that's all yeah, like kind of the big studios and their money want to put their investments in. It's like uh-huh. this worked on the indie level. Let's just let's just scale it up. Let's just do the same thing, but yeah, make it more profitable. Yeah, well, I mean, I imagine uh, Andre Overdahl had that problem, too, until he met Guillermo. Right, with Troll Hunter? Yeah, yeah. Probably like, hey, would you, uh, is it Troll Hunter with Americans? Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. totally had that. And then, like, I mean, Jane Doe didn't come out until six years after Troll Hunter. Mm. Was that the only one that he did? Yeah, next? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and now and Scary Stories. Now scary Stories. Yeah, which we're very excited about. Oh, yeah, I love that guy. A few weeks. Awesome. I man. also love, you know, the autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, that's 
fantastic. It's a great, great movie. It really is. I think it will be kind of looked back on as one of the better ones. Yeah. Like when you were doing, I'm sure actually coming up, you know, in four months or so, we're going to start seeing the best horror movies of this decade list come out because we're going to be done yeah, through the tens. the decade, yeah. Yeah. So I imagine that one will make top 20. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. I really like that one. It's going to be fun making those lists. I got to start thinking about that. Right. I hate lists. <laughs> They're too hard. Great. All right. Let's move on to another segment. This Dave in Christery. Severed head to head. This Dave in Christery. And I love it when the movies align like yeah, this. Yeah. We all know what's coming next. A year ago today, we discussed Demons 2. And a year before that, we discussed Demons 1. Yeah. Both of these movies are so near and so dear. Yeah. Do you remember that night I'm um, watching Demons? It was one of the only podcasts we recorded at night. No. No? <laughs> it was like Christy was in Montreal, I think. So I'm like, come on, come on over. Let's do this in the Let's evening. Do a night podcast. Yeah. And we did it late after work, after your work one night. Yeah. I'm sure we would have also mentioned how uniquely we're doing this at night, which doesn't matter at all to you listening. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I clearly don't Barely remember that. Was there wine involved? I'm um, sure. I'm sure. Mm. Yeah. But it was mind blowing. We, I mean, especially at that time we were um, going back and checking out a bunch of 80s titles that we weren't too familiar with mm. and Demons more than maybe any other one just kind of broke our brains and oh, yeah. we were obsessed right away. A hundred percent. Man, I love them both so much. I think I like the effects in number two more, mm-hmm. but I think I like the first one better. Yeah. is it, That's motorcycle helicopter, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. How can you? I, it's impossible. It's just, it's so perfect and so tight. It's so perfect. Um, And yeah, the second one definitely has its merits as well. But And I love how the first one ends. They like drive out into the world and it's like destroyed. Yeah, they're fucked. By demons. That's great. That is great for keeping things just kind of micro and small and then just giving like a peek into the yeah. broader world. Yeah. And it's like you could have totally done a sequel to that. That would have been just a totally different movie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. expanding outward, just like... 28 days to 28 weeks later those two movies exactly just goes from micro into bigger you could have done the same thing with demons but um they decided to do an evil dead 2 to army of darkness right yeah i'm just or evil dead 1 to evil dead 2 even Uh, yeah i guess yeah yeah they both work yeah just the idea yeah no evil dead 1 to 2 you're right you're right just like keeping the same kind of concept yeah Yeah, but just recontextualize it yeah you're totally right and that's why i feel three i mean i guess we'll see will hopefully deliver on some of those same goods that we love so much. I hope so, because, I mean, I could watch that formula again and again and again and exactly. again. Exactly. I hope that making it more sophisticated doesn't mean taking away those crazy, gooey, practical effects. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's got, it needs to be goopy and gross and fun in the gore Yeah. yeah for what, it to remain consistent with the first two. I wonder what ghosts will look like in this. Only one way to find out. I think you're right, Chris. So you think we should uh, watch the movie The Church? Let's go to church, baby. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Get out on the highway. (laughs) What am I? You're a Philip Glass. A Philip Glass song, for (laughs) sure. (laughs) It's like every movie, it's just such a signature. Like, you know when you're listening to to his his orchestrations yeah just you could hear it yeah I'm like that's philip glass makes me think of Candyman. makes me think of uh mishima mishima the paul shader one just another one that he scores that sure yeah and now this where there's like three moments in the movie where it just cuts to to pure those strings yeah yep, yeah yeah pure orchestral kind of 
and then goblins in there here and there yeah it's a weird combination to Mm -hmm. to go back and forth from what didn't we have one we watched a few weeks ago that was like that too where some of the score was very synthy and then some of the score was very much like like family movie kind of like i think that was the comment you made yeah what was that um something we were just watching one of the last couple oh inside inside yeah yeah yeah. wait yeah 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 Yeah. okay that was inside it's hard to remember all these movies we watch so that was the church (laughs) yeah that was the church demons three everything i feared came true Mm Hmm. yeah man (laughs) yeah yeah exactly the way that you put it at the beginning that like uh leaning too much and oh i want to make this more sophisticated and distinguished you know you can like i appreciate his ambition and i do think that some of the interesting camera work and art housey yeah. approaches are interesting at some points, but as a whole, I'm not sure. Agreed. Yeah. Like there's certainly moments I was like, Whoa, cool. Yeah. yeah. But then so many moments where I'm like, this is demons three. I'm bored. Oh my God. Even yeah. like we were about an, like an hour into the movie and I'm like, okay, 40 minutes left. And now it'll take off. <laughs> yeah. Like now, now shit is really going to start going when the church door is locked. Yeah. That's when the, the, that's sort of the moment they had introduced all the characters inside the church. I'm like, this, this is the first five minutes of any other demon movie. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely, dude. And yet it took almost an hour to get there. That door closing moment we have in the other two as well. in any kind of movie that is of this type. Yeah. And that moment should come no more than 20 minutes in to the movie yeah um but it came i think an hour and 10 minutes into this movie yeah and then it still like wasn't like bang 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 people getting like knocked out and attacked and stuff yeah which i was like the door shuts and i'm like okay finally carnage let's carnage, go yeah. one by one have them totally destroyed and it, it really didn't happen like that yeah no like you know demony makeup just sweaty people yeah what the heck yeah once they become kind of possessed or that's what it yeah that's what happens is they get possessed so we had weird stuff where like people were sort of like nightmare three where people are like hurting themselves but it seems like it's yeah to them it seems like it's a demon or a ghost or something yeah they can see something happening to them but you're right it totally is like a nightmare movie where um the dream is physically happening to them but all the onlookers can only see the damage that's being done yeah to them yeah so i mean uh it really just had moments it doesn't yeah so i mean we can go through and try to appreciate those moments but yeah overall like as a story it was so strange like i don't i don't know if i felt like i was convinced who the actual protagonist was for the whole movie was there one we were stuck in with that guy on his first day of work and he's getting used to the church for you know the first 45 minutes and then we kind of like leave him behind mostly for Mm. the second half of the movie yeah and it seems like we're going to kind of switch over to um like the painter his girlfriend yeah but then not really she just gets possessed too and that's also i think um trying to to replicate what works in demons one and two but changing it to the point where it doesn't work anymore in demons three like yeah in the first two we didn't really have protagonists either if you think about it it was a bunch of different characters all the things happening totally like this one spent too much time with some at the beginning which lead us to believe that we should be following their story the whole way through nope no no it just set stuff up for a really long time in a whole bunch of different ways like setting up people uh just transforming or being possessed or whatever was happening Mm -hmm. like they go like oh and then they start sweating a lot they they look at a mirror blood yeah at some points yeah and then you'd like i don't know like you'd be they'd be looking at something and then it would switch to a pov of the camera like they did that a lot for like a ghost that wasn't actually in the room or something yeah yeah 
I don't know. I, I did. I agree with what you said. Like some of the camera work was interesting. It was very lively. It was, mm-hmm. you know, whoever had the camera could not stand still, which yeah. is kind of nice. There's a lot of really cool, interesting. There's one shot near the beginning where they show when they're introducing um, the main, I guess, female character up on the scaffolding and the camera kind of goes to her and then kind of pans through the church to show the rest of it. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. There's little moments like that where it's moving around, which are really great. But mm-hmm. yeah, but it doesn't. Yeah, it's not quite enough. To, no, to make you really interested and kind of edge of your seat. Yeah, because that's like maybe one third of the shots are done with kind of a broader vision, and I want to try to make mm-hmm. something artistic, and I'll show flashes of you know the old um, Crusaders kind yeah. of in between these other things and other images. Yeah, but you can't if you're doing that in a movie. You, it's it's hard to like just sprinkle it throughout. You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas the rest of the movie didn't feel like it merited those kind of artsy scenes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know. It seems sort of stitched together. Mm-hmm. I, I think they. He shouldn't have steered into sophisticated. Should have gone yeah. full dumb. And I guess like, like I stuck with it for the first hour just because I was hoping for that payoff. Like, yeah. there's enough ingredients of okay, yeah, I know there are a bunch of bodies underneath, you know, mm-hmm. that yeah. are being summoned in some way. But even the logic of the whole thing, like the impetus for the church being built in the first place, yes. to how then they discover it in contemporary day, like why today and not you know, a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, they're unlocking this. Oh, because this guy on his first day, <laughs> yeah, he's got to figure first it out. day of work. Um, and, and then just the way in which they become kind of manifest again to ultimately the collapse of the church. Like, I don't know if I got the logic of this movie all the way through. You know what I mean? I don't know if it all added up. Yeah. I, I don't think it does totally mm-hmm. like, yeah. Cause they, they killed all the witches, which they think is a plague and it'll spread right the original crusaders in the 12th century yeah killed because they were advised by just you know some weird hunched over dude who was yelling the loudest (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) right like oh this is a witch she's got the stigmata we've got to burn down the entire village yeah don't let them touch you yeah and then so they do they slaughter the village they throw them all in a mass grave animals too yeah because they're considering it like a plague yeah and by animals it's just the one duck i think that they throw in or goose? Uh, there was a horse. There was actually a really cool shot of like oh the horse the collapsing top, into the... Uh, the when the horse the horse fell in it. Yeah, that made me sad. But no, as they're throwing the dirt on it. Yeah, which at, that was actually a stunning shot as they start throwing dirt on that pile of bodies and yeah. landing in like it's a big eye set. sockets and mouths and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was re- that was really really good. Um, and then as it like the pit is fully completed, you can kind of see like the top like jaw of a horse like sticking up above the mm. and maybe a bit of a hoof i didn't catch that that was interesting but so they put the um architect who makes this church to act as like a seal yeah to, to keep it contained keep it contained and it has basically a secret that mm-hmm. will self-destruct it's got a self-destruct button but also the dude is right like that that was a witch who had a kind of curse and curse the town and like i yeah. guess right like so he was legitimate even though they made him kind of look goofy and yeah so the crusaders were right to do that yes i guess they were and <laughs> and then yeah have the cross with that face with seven eyes seven eyed stone the seven eye stone to help kind of seal it in there yeah and then build a church on top of that just to really make sure it's locked down yes it was like the the old hunched over yelled the loudest dude he um said something about like church being like the ultimate sign of god and how it would that itself would help seal them in and then there's a little bit at the end saying like all the cathedrals that were built around that time acted as Mm -hmm. acted as yeah things to secure demons away totally to keep them away but then you also have the fail safe of the architect is building the church in such a way that if need be the church will collapse on itself yes right yeah okay i'm like why 
That's just I, an I, extra. Is, <laughs> I don't know. It's like Laurie Strode's plan in uh, the like the a double fail safe. Yeah. But is it is it literally just oh this will create a pile of rubble and hopefully they won't be able to oh. get to the like this will crush a demon's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of stupid. Yeah, it's it's strange, and then it's it's strange that. Like, it, it doesn't really feel like there's ever a climax in this movie. Like, it always feels like it's constantly building to yeah. some kind of a big slaughter. Even even as those, like, muddy bodies rose up with yeah. the music, you're like, yeah. the climax. Here it is. Yeah. But then, like, the church was falling apart. You know, you didn't know who was alive or dead. And that whole pile of blood, like, that's all it was. It was just a visual set piece of, like, okay, yeah, kind of cool. You did some makeup. You had some humans in there, too, to make it look like a giant moving thing. Yeah. But it was totally harmless yeah and in fact it just got crushed immediately rose out of the ground and people are doing like you know making time snow angels yeah. on each other covered in mud and then at the same time you have this whole other subplot of everyone else in the church getting possessed and seemingly inaugurating like an, a ritual where they're gonna have a demon get someone pregnant you know what i mean yeah which goat. is like <laughs> that's a whole other type of horror film straight up goat man yeah Goatman shows up and they're all all the rest of them are just pumped and just hanging around and they're like get her pregnant get her pregnant with a, a demon child but nothing else you've really unless midsummer i totally style. missed it midsummer also rosemary's baby like yeah. it just it brought so many other kind of horror movies to mind but it did not i don't see how it fit in the trajectory of this whole it was plot. Um, so he messes with the stone first yeah he pulls it out and then like what does he like chokes himself with the it looks like the hands are coming out of the bag that he pulled out of there that was promising because it looked like his hands were dead zombie hands yeah but if this stone hadn't been moved for you know the hundreds thousands of years why did hundreds of years why did he reach him out and pull out of like a bag and like where did that bag come bag? from it looked like it was hooked like just on the side but yeah, there's a little like piece of like almost like glass looking hook in there yeah. too but that is one of my favorite moments in the movie is when he is unwrapping that bag and then two hands come up choke him and then a couple then more, more like hands. from behind yeah and it That's seemed like great. those should come out of the hole like they're underneath there but they came Absolutely. out of a bag i mean you had such a such a great opportunity because it's such a cool little set piece like oh this cross kind of collapses it looks awesome i want things to erupt from beneath it like that's that's what you do Dude, you can know you just imagine that shot of just that cross with the blue light coming from underneath mm -hmm. and then those muddy bodies start crawling up like spiders yes and now have those muddy bodies kind of wandering around and them do something like yeah, it's, they're the demons it sets yeah. itself up for a lot of great things that never really totally end up coming one thing i will say that i adored was when the church came down and all those pillars were like actually like hitting this big weird set pieces and mm -hmm. actually like bumping people to the side yeah that old woman like who is like in, sitting in the pews it looked like she got crushed bad yes yeah you know i, I like that. those were nice fun big giant foam column set pieces yeah. to <laughs> throw around <laughs> and they made sure to like every other like a few minor characters that we saw die along the way have the pillars just kind of go by them yeah just so we check in and see and where it, everyone's it kind of bumped against them their bodies but yeah. it kind of felt like a little more tactile of a building collapsing on people mm -hmm. like you know that happened recently in game of thrones spoilers um and <laughs> it does that looked really good like seeing the impact on people's bodies and stuff yeah that yeah, got yeah. me i like that a lot cool um also in terms of music like too sorry and was, the music yeah. i know well that again like a philip glass song like at the climax of a movie it'll just elevate everything regardless mm -hmm. you know it just gives this kind of glorious feeling to yeah, it yeah yeah that's it just swells up and yeah um also the one guy who his visual of his own death was this giant fish monster that seemed to leap out of the holy water or something like that the fuck right i mean so where did like why do we have giant fish demons in here as well and why did the one like woman like 
who was just like making out with like I guess mm-hmm. her boyfriend who became like a gargoyle with huge wings and then they slid off screen. They sure did. What the fuck? What's going on there? It's like it's it's cool to have kind of visual ideas, but for a horror movie you have to ground them somehow. You have to like give us a context yeah. in which like oh and then you know some of these crusaders became the biggest demons in hell or something like that and they're yeah. coming up one by one to do their own individual thing yeah. something like you have the opportunity to yeah to that, do that oh man this lays so much track for good potential stuff it really does yeah um and who ozzy argento what yeah the, what the fuck was, was that she from the past here it goes yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> so we do see her in the past and then we see her in the present uh-huh. um Okay. Which are separated by many years. <laughs> About 700 years, 700 <laughs> plus years. That is true. Also, she works at the church in some capacity. Her parents, like her dad, her mom and dad live there and she sneaks out. Yeah, that's how she's aware of kind of the lower passageways. I thought that was going to pay off in a way bigger way. Like, okay, you have this character who's aware of some of the tunnels and she can help you out. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's just a crack. That she's we can sneaking out through. to nightclubs. We get we get like little glimpses of that plot that are like, just like, totally yeah, pretty groovy disco. Yeah, she's at a disco with her boyfriend. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna stay. She's yeah. like, Fine, I hate you. <laughs> it's like, okay, thanks for that. Like, <laughs> you're a jerk, and I hate you. That yeah, was hilarious. But did she? Did she actually? I'm really struggling to like even have latched on to most of the details of this yeah. movie. Yeah, but did she even? Like, I guess none of the characters really contribute overly to the plot, but did she do anything instrumental, like, in that latter half? I mean, at the very end, she clearly fucked things up even worse by reopening (laughs) up the thing and thereby unleashing it on the world. She started that shit again. That's very much the Demon's One ending. She did, um, she started, she had a realization moment where she started just saying what happened. Mm -hmm. Because she was there, I guess. Yeah. That's, I don't know, that's it. Yeah, it d- they didn't even do a big like reveal. Like, see, she's been around for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm, That's weird. Mm-hmm. You know, she's and, just attached to the church. Yeah, and they didn't do like a. They did it some of the time, but they didn't do a huge job of um showing like when people, when like everyone else in the church got possessed. Like, I feel like only maybe half of them ended up actually possessed by the end of the movie. Yeah, because it was like you just have to get a scratch from one of them. Yeah, it, as well. And it took so long, but like, and when that happened, like did they necessarily immediately like, turn on the people around them? Like what happened to the, the, the father of Ozzy Argento? Like he ran with the metal fence thing and st- yes. stabbed the, the teacher woman with the glasses. And then he kind of screamed out. I don't know if he also stabbed the other side into himself, but he did howl a bit and collapse. It seemed oh, he did? after that happened. Okay. But yeah, yeah he must've killed himself there. That, he must've. It, it totally, that whole sequence felt like, um, uh, Michele took a day off and Argento directed it like that of uh, mm. bringing the spikes into what's her face into the yeah. neck on the wall like that just felt like right <laughs> out of Argento, Argento movie. Move, yeah. the one Argento kill probably in this whole thing yeah and it, it was just so strange to me because as far as I knew that guy just did a murder I didn't know he was dead yeah so then the next scene it just cuts to them all just sitting there like oh. and one guy's just playing trumpet yeah, right, yeah. Just, which is not synced up nicely with the score it's just so strange yeah. like you hear it and then the pans by and yeah. He's clearly like just hitting the buttons. Yeah. And we got so many shots of like what seemed like POV, like they had it on a car that they sped up for a really long time. It was actually yes, making me yeah. a little nervous. Like right. I know it was sped up, but I'm like, this car's driving too fast. Yeah. Um, and, and paralleled with the can in the candle room. In the candle room, they had the camera running around that room Which multiple I, times. I, yeah. So what's what are those shots? Why are we running around the candle room? Is that supposed to be just the spirits on the loose? And that's also the same room where they eventually, the demon sex scene is happening. (laughs) Jesus. 
Um, and we saw the goat thing earlier looking through the window. We did. For and, no fucking reason. And then a few other interesting looking demons that I would love to have seen more of. Like the one where Ozia looks in like a mirror reflection and she sees like this kind of pink faced or oh. red faced demon. Yeah. That kind of just looked like a mask to me. Okay. And then um, one at one point, those two statues, the hooded statues, yeah, had a like was a person with a face. Yeah, that, that was just there. that was like an actual person just yeah. wearing the thing at yeah, some points, and that was supposed to be spooky. But it was definitely like the mask that or the the face that our Ozia sees is exactly like um, the same quality of the demon that's impregnating the woman. Like it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. it could be. I don't know if it, I, like I felt like it was supposed to be a demon. Yeah, I, I actually couldn't tell as I was looking at it. I'm like, what are you going for there? Yeah, but, and mean, especially because we don't really get that anywhere else like there's not like from you know from everything we're understood to believe about this curse or whatever is that it inhabits people but who touch some of the dead bodies or scratch someone who's scratched the dead bodies and then the spirit passes into you so it seems medical like contact is how it yeah you know which is what it's borrowing from the first two as well i believe yeah and it um there are stages it seems to progress like you become ill almost yeah they weren't just immediately and then eventually you kind of kill yourself in some capacity right the one guy said to he, he was in confession and he said um that he got possessed by like the devil or by a demon and now he's a servant of the devil yeah and now i'm his servant is what he said mm-hmm. so, you, and you i also... want to do evil yes okay that's what he said and then he punched through at the priest and then ran out like <laughs> yeah <laughs> stupidly so when you get possessed you want to do evil uh-huh. but there's also like they fuck with you and you harm yourself like the um one bride who saw herself being older and then tore her face off yeah that was good yeah that was good um, and the prosthetic was good. The makeup on her face was just yeah, it looked a great. little red. I love a good, like, kind of fleshy yeah. tearaway. Yeah, that looks <laughs> Just like good. a werewolf in London. I think that's the best one. When they show um, What's-His-Face, Griffin Dunn a little later yeah, in the yeah. movie theater. with like Oh, his yeah, yeah, with his face torn up and hanging half off. Half decomposed and stuff. Lovely. Not as good here. Less, less a budget, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, clearly. Okay, one thing I did love was the... Um, when the, the biker... Mm-hmm. couples trying to escape and she's hanging yes. down in the hole and more useless characters and when she's hanging down there um you do have that amazing philip glass that, music again yeah that was but then that leads to the cake face smashing on the front <laughs> of the train skin does not do that when no you smash <laughs> into glass but a cake in the likeness of an actor does <laughs> so he's also now discovered that hole and or this is a different hole yeah, this is a different hole. Yeah, this in is a, a different in a one. random room. They yeah, they just no, they were in the bottom of a well, she said. She's like, dude, just bottom of the well. And then he heard underneath the a train. well in the church. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he takes out a fucking chisel and hammer that he's got. Yep. And he you know, starts chiseling the floor and hilariously her side falls out. Yeah, she falls through and he in like baller move grabs her by the hand right away and yeah. like that's awesome instinct unfortunately in this case she probably would have been much better off if she just fell the, the single story yeah the remaining the train tracks 10 feet <laughs> and then got to the side to dodge it but unfortunately she is dangling there in what is just a beautiful moment of that seeing a single like orb of yeah, light and, and that beautiful music yeah and then you don't a second know. orb of light yeah second one i'm like, like oh, it looks like a be... vehicle of some sort but they're well <laughs> underground under a cathedral <laughs> 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 and then it just like 
It is the perfect cut. It is just one split millisecond where the impact mm-hmm. occurs, and then it cuts to the train just going by. I've I've got to post that freeze frame because that <laughs> that that splat that like it just looks like play doh. People wouldn't know what they're looking at. Glass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can only make sense of it because right before you see a train <laughs> and her face. And then after you see a train. <laughs> but if you just saw that, you'd be like, I don't know what this is. Am I underneath a glass table that someone dropped a cake on top of? <laughs> yes. I'm so glad you remember that. That's glorious. I was, I was itching to talk about that. That was fucking hilarious. And clearly, like, you're just, they're trying to, like, have, a, like, a varied cast of characters, you know? They so tried to do have, the demons. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why you have, like, these motorcycle dudes. And the old people. You have the strangest two old people who... Clearly, the idea was, oh, and what will be funny is this old couple, we're going to have them say contemporary, a.k.a. late 80s <laughs> slang all the time, everywhere uh, they go. She loved the word funky. She said, okay, I didn't even catch groovy, funky. Groovy. Thank you. Sorry. She said groovy. She said um, rad, I think, a couple times. Oh She's like, God. come on, it's rad. I think I can find another stairwell to the top. <laughs> and her reluctant husband's going along with everything. I have a groovy plan. And clearly like we don't really get a moment of them growing in possession it seems like becoming more possessed we just get a cut from the two of them at the bell tower to all of a sudden it cuts to her with his decapitated head using that to ring the bell while she's laughing joyfully yeah yeah that should have been better than it was yeah i think in in like any other demons that would have been the one of the our favorite scenes yeah that would have been hilarious if they had established that all the characters are silly Mm -hmm. and this is a silly death and a silly thing that someone might want to do mm-hmm. and a I little mean, gruesome that is a great element to add and it is kind of part of the original two demons movies is that like kind of once you get converted into a demon which is visually just so much more clear and satisfying in the first yeah. two um then you're just kind of like this chaotic you know entity force of violence yeah this yeah. force of violence and that's why it would have been great to see yeah her ripping that off in that context but instead we went from oh she's normal old lady weird and now she's got a head in her hand where you're almost like oh that dude's decapitated now weird like right. it doesn't it wasn't effective it, it's kind of like a i get it yeah she's a demon too and she killed her husband yes but yeah. it didn't go like oh god she killed him oh she's one of them like yeah no nothing not at all so is yeah it just i felt like i felt like we just kind of were th- kind of thrown or we just kind of like um slid into the kind of scene after scene after scene yeah. where it just kind of gave you the impression that things are building up or, Oh, here's a little bit of gore. That's cool. But it just, it did not feel structured in a solid way at all. Yeah. It seems. Um, and it, it, it did give the impression that it was going to be pretty good. Like the intro scene with that, like the horses riding in and all the stuff and that slaughter that happens in the town. Yeah. And like yeah. I said, the burying sequence, like I thought that all that was really good. Yeah. And I was kind of pretty hopeful because usually in a demons movie mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, I don't like horror movies, you know, like just really stupid nonsense. And that's fine because, you know, it's going to pay off. And in this one, it started really strong. Yeah. Maybe like a lot of budget was absorbed in that. In that, that opening stuff. Opening oh, stuff. I think you're totally right. And yeah, that's that is what's ironic about it, too, is that. I never wanted to turn it off at any point. Like while the movie doesn't work as a whole, mm. it was yeah. always baiting me that like, That's true. Oh, keep watching. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. A fucking tease. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The whole time you're just expecting. And even like just overall the dialogue and acting. And I think it is because it looks all dubbed, like redubbed. Yes. So it's, it's so hard to like, you can see the actors in the moment kind of, 
you know the mood or the way that they're trying to deliver a line and that the dub over that they do later does not match the frame yeah so that creates a constant awkwardness but i feel like even more so than a lot of italian titles this one feels like there's a huge gap between the dub and the performances on screen yeah and it's not helped by the fact that a lot of the dialogue is just really awful and totally in those scenes that we just kind of get a brief glimpse into a few characters lives like you can do that but it has to be dialogue that's convincing to like that you'd overhear it just felt like this one was way too over the top in terms of trying to establish characters and it just made it clunky and awkward and yeah like in the the flashbacky scene where they were showing the architect on that like grill yeah (laughs) yeah um, the cl- clock. I mean, a very steampunk of a torture device. Yeah, it's zoomed out and it's slowly like zooming in on him. Mm-hmm. It's like I did what you said. I built the church <laughs> and I put in a self-destruct mechanism so that it would never escape. I mean, it's a pretty impressive tax for a dude that just seems like a real like aloof kind of yeah. strange character. Yeah, but I'm like that isn't that's a horrible way to deliver the story. <laughs> just yeah. have a dude <laughs> yell what the audience needs to hear at his captors. <laughs> um sometimes you just want to put on like a really shitty movie um you know late at night it's the middle of the night you're putting on like a random rom-com mm. and we do that a lot me and christy and we watch this one movie and we we keep quoting a line from it because it's just so such over the top exposition needed to be delivered by a character just to like catch the audience up or like assuming the audience is too dumb and we just repeat the line all the time because it's like um one of the main characters tells another character something and then the other character responds back you're having an affair with a married man you met in new york when you were in town for loose graduation (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like so much exposition in a way that like no one no human ever like explains your life back to you in like a perfect encapsulation it's just like eight bits of information all at once (laughs) you're having an affair with a married man you met in new york when you were in town for loose graduation that is so good (laughs) yeah it's it's wonderful it was just like you could tell that there was like that was, took place over two pages, and they're like, "We got to shorten." This yeah, script exactly. This is where we cut it down, yeah. and we'll just have her say all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, <laughs> and it felt like that for the priest torture device. Dude, too. totally. That's hilarious. Oh, that's a good. One. I want to memorize that too. Yeah, it's great. Write that down. We'll and send work it to me. I will. I'll send you the scene because it's delivered by um, Tom Hanks's wife, Rita Wilson, and she just like she does it as well as anyone could do it. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you have like a high caliber actress doing this and. Yeah, that's as good as anyone could possibly make yeah, it. Yeah, you cannot nail that. Yeah, no, exactly. Give that to Syrian McKellen. Yeah, exactly. He'd do no better. It's You're just having an affair with a married man you met in New York while you were in town for Luke's graduation. Wait, that sounds right. Maybe Hugh Grant could deliver that or something. Yeah, maybe. All right. Well, well uh, overall, Chris. Yeah, overall. As Demons, th- this is Demons 3. Yeah, unfortunately. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I got to stop us right here. Uh-huh. When we did our severed head to head, we didn't. De- uh, uh, choose one i think you did and then i i didn't vocalize mine but mine is the same for sure the first one number one okay yeah yeah absolutely okay yeah so yeah we've seen the first two demons we love the first two demons this is the third in air quotes yeah and unfortunately it it definitely slips a bit in quality yeah like i mean i don't think i'll watch this again yeah i'm curious about five and six i know he also did what is um the unofficial demons four as well which is a movie called the sect so i'm um, I, I can't help myself i'm probably gonna check that out too yeah but i will definitely revisit the first and second one Dude. many times before i rewatch this one for life yeah that's just one of those amazing mm-hmm. practical effects movies that i'm sure 10 so years from yeah, yeah 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 i'm sure 10 years from now i'll be like 
wasn't there some cool core moments in the church? I'm going to check it out. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna ch- and then it's going to let me down again. Yeah. It'll tease you the whole time. Just remember <laughs> that. Remember that it hurt you. Let us know what you think, Scaredy Cats, if you have uh, any strong opinions on the church, right, on our Instagram post, and we'll read it out on the episode. Yeah, and if you can make sense of any of the things that we stumbled over. Oh, God, please. Good on you. Yeah, please come on and just explain what happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. That'd be great. There's also the weird fucking, um, like, our quote-unquote protagonist in that first, you Wait, know, yeah, I'd say from moment half an hour to moment 40 or from minute half an hour to minute 45 we have this whole long sequence of him slowly turning evil it seems where first he's like violent and creepy with his partner and then he's like violent and creepy with ozzy argento you know that whole series of scenes that you're like what is this what is the purpose of this yeah he's and the only thing it's just so weak is like i'm possessed by a demon and now i do evil and i'll do some mildly aggressive actions to yeah. those around me you can imagine it would have been worse if he'd you know tried harder i guess yeah i don't know i mean i'm glad it, it <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely they drew a line where they did but then like what the fuck but was, why bother what was the um there was multiple scenes of like people like putting their hands and heads in wa- in the water fountain that was dripping out yes was that infecting them too i think it must have i think the water must have been infecting them okay. and that's why like some of the holy water too turned into the fish thing yeah i think that's why um the one girl started making out with the gargoyle naked right and sla- slid she, off. Had, she had had the water she stuck her face in it yeah there's something that uh you reminded me of and i just forgot about again about um easy to happen in this movie just some like a crazy scene that we forgot to oh yeah okay here we go. What the fuck? I can't believe we didn't talk about this because we just got buried in so much other insane shit that happened. But the main protagonist, dude, at one point, he rips out his own heart. Oh, yeah. And he's like holding and looking oh, at his holds heart. Holds it up Lion King style. Holds it up Lion King style. And then it does like an artful cut to something else. But then I don't think we go back to that, right? Like he just takes his heart out at one point. Yeah. And then we're getting the sense that like she has some or the goat demon wants to mate with her yeah i wonder i don't know did he like sort of create the goat demon with his own heart mm, interesting i i want that to be the case yeah that was part of right. one of the they steps along the way they didn't explain that that's just me guessing no no no, no. but like yeah it should have dialed back on some of the arty shots and put exposition in the right places to link all these mm. disparate events together yeah yeah, yeah that's man. about how it lands by the way now that's two movies that we've watched on this podcast that have an unexplained goat demon in them remind me ghost stories yeah 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 cool we'll throw it into that category on that list i guess yeah (laughs) unexplained goat monsters now is a list number one ghost stories number two the church so uh scaredy cats if you know any other movies that have an unexplained goat monster Mm -hmm. we're in hit us up well thanks guys for listening to another episode of the tex chris dave saw massacre I'm David Stoneborough. I'm Chris Vandenberg. And like we always do. Chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns. Demon subway face cake, chaos reigns. Yummy. See you next week, scaredy cats.